All right, it's the So Baseball podcast for October 30th. What we have in this podcast is a short um, chat between my brother and myself driving down from San Diego. We decided to talk about games one and two for you, um, wrap those games up and look forward to the, to the games that happen in Atlanta. So there's a chat with me and Dave. And then uh, the next chat is between Kevin and myself that just happened now after game three. So um, there's about 24 hours or more between these two segments. So just bear that in mind. Game, The chat with Dave was before game three. The chat with Kevin was before game four. So spoiler alert, you know, the Braves won game three. Uh, sorry if you didn't know that, but you probably knew that if you watched it. Okay, enjoy the show. Bye-bye. here we go we're in the mix in the mix baby we finally got a recording going and uh you are going to be the beneficiary of that yep you've got ross and dave here driving south to san diego to talk about the world series games one and two wrap up and also previewing tonight's game three pivotal game three pivotal game three um the first two games, by all accounts, and what Kevin and I also said yesterday, but by our no means uh, gospel, were quite boring. Dave, did you agree? Uh, I I didn't necessarily... I, I didn't think they were the most boring. I mean, I don't think they were necessarily as exciting as some of the others we've seen in the playoffs. But um, I didn't think they were, like, the most boring right. baseball game that could happen. No, they weren't exactly like a snooze fest, but they were over early, uh, I guess is what other people have, have characterized them at. You know, the team that scored a big bunch of runs, held on to win and tack on more runs, there wasn't uh, a close game no, in the first two games. it was kind of a mirror image of each other. They, they each won in similar fashion to the other game. You right. Know, game, game one... The Braves got out early. Houston tried to come back, and then the Braves sort of uh, put that away. And yep. then uh, same thing on the Astros for, for game two. Um, so, uh, yeah. But I wasn't necessarily bored. I no. mean, I was a little more bored with game two just because uh, it just felt like the, the, the Braves didn't have it that night. Like you, the Astros are, will always, you know, find a way to, to to get back in it. But yeah. the Braves just didn't have it, so they were just yeah. it wasn't going to happen. Freed came out looking terrible. Uh, he couldn't locate. Something was off. He gave up a bunch of runs, and then he appeared to find it a little bit in the middle innings to give them some length. But by that point. Houston had a lock on the game. They had their good bullpen in, and they were essentially uh, in cruise control, so to speak. Yeah. They'd locked down the Braves' offense. Right, yeah. I mean, at, at that point, um, you know, if you talk to Atlanta before it started, before the – what am I doing? No, you're good. Oh, before the um, – series started and you said you'll get one of two back in Houston 
Would they have taken that? Yeah, they would have taken that. So they're not they're not feeling bad about no. themselves right now. Um, but um, you know, you win game one, you're like, well, maybe we win game two. But they just they just didn't have it. You could tell they didn't have it. Yeah, they and were making dumb mistakes. I mean, they gave up. You know, three. Is that you? I'm just going to hold the microphone for uh, you. Are you sure? Yeah. The whole way? Yeah. Okay. Um, they did dumb stuff. I mean, that that uh, error where he threw to third base and yeah. no one was there. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's Padre type shit. Right there. <laughs> I know. I was going to say Little League, but it's also Padre. Padre stuff. Um, I mean, that's a classic Padre move. Right yeah. There. I mean... We, I feel like we tend to see these errors more from the Padres just because we're watching every Padres game. So we're like, oh, classic Padres. Every team does this. And as as the, the tension ratchets up in the postseason, more and more of these type of mistakes are going to happen. Um, but um, I think the reason why Game 2 might have been felt more as a defeat by the Braves is just because of the loss of Charlie Morton in Game 1. Right. You lose a starter like Charlie Morton for the entirety of the postseason in Game 1 to a broken leg off a comebacker, a fractured fibula. Now you know you're going to have to kind of cobble together starts from your bullpen and other uh, like long, long relievers. You know the longer the series goes, the worse it is for you. So... Yeah. The Braves were kind of like, they were like the person in the the freeze race who gets the head start, and um, and they know that the freeze is coming up behind, and the longer that track is, the le- the more chance they have to be caught, just because you know they're play- they were playing with a one game lead, but if this series goes seven, as a lot of people think it might, the loss of Charlie Morton is going to be felt deeper and deeper as the Braves bullpen gets more and more taxed. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, I think that here's my prediction. They go back to Atlanta. They're riding high. They're going to take game three just on pure emotional excitement. You know, the and World Ian Anderson is going to be starting. They still have a starter. Right, right. Yeah, no, they're going to they're gonna be okay in game three. And they'll probably take two of three at home. So they'll be going back to Houston up 3-2. We know they're going to lose Game Six. That's a that's a given, um, and so it's going to come down to Game Seven, which right. I think they will pull out um, in dramatic fashion. And they'll have Max Freed again, in theory, back for Game Seven. So right, that could help. Right, although only if he's the Max Freed that mm-hmm. we expect, not last night. But uh, a lot of that wasn't necessarily on him. I mean, some of that was just. Bad. I mean, they were just yeah. slapping it to all the wrong. They were places. slapping it all over. Altuve comes it. out, gets a early run. You know, like you know, he's just Altuve knows how to demoralize you. Yeah, yeah. Anything he does good demoralizes you because you're like, how is this happening? How is this guy doing this? In the in the postseason, 2019 ALCS, Astros Yankees. I had tickets to Game Three against the Astros. Um, Yankees were in a similar position in that they came home tied one-to-one. They got a game on the road. And first freaking inning, game three, Altuve steps up and just dunks one 
over the left field fence and just takes the crowd out of it. Brutal. You gotta watch out for this guy. He he's got like some sort of like po- sub two hundred batting average, and yet his OPS is highly respectable based on his like five home runs in the postseason so far. And for our our fans who don't know what OPS is, can you can you just let them know what that is? OPS is a conjoined stat, which combines on base percentage, which is ranked one out of a thousand, and uh, slugging percentage, which is based out of zero to four thousand. So if you were to hit a home run every at bat, you'd have a slugging percentage of four thousand. So if you have if you have an on base percentage of three fifty and you have a slugging percentage of five fifty, which is damn good, then you've got an OPS of nine hundred, which is anything up in the nines is preposterously good. And when you get to in the eight hundreds is good. The 900s is absurdly good. And when you get like Bryce Harper level where your season-long OPS is over a 1,000, you're just like you're on another planet. Right, right. So anyway, Altuve's had a respectable OPS even with a terrible batting average in this postseason. So that means he's hitting home runs when he does hit the ball. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's cool. But here's what I was realizing because I'm, I'm, I'm always learning things, always picking up new and interesting things. And so let's say you go down 4 nothing in the first inning, right? You think, oh, man, we're done. We're, we're in a bad place. Well, if you can go down 4 nothing in the first inning, then you can tie it up 4-4. Yes, exactly. I look at scoring in, like, bunches. And, like, you have to just keep pace with the bunches, you know? Like, if they go 4 nothing and then you go 4-2, now you're, you're staying tight with the bunches. If they go 4 nothing and then go 8 nothing. Now you're down two bunches. So that's kind of how yeah. I look at it now. You avoid the second bunch. You don't want to have too many bunches behind, <laughs> you know? Because, like, four runs, you know, oh, you think you have a comfortable lead, but you got those four runs in one inning. You can give them back in one inning. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a game of bunches. It's a game opinion. of bunches. I couldn't agree more. Thank you. And what I will say about these bunches that are being scored is if you get – uh, a four spot dropped on you in the top of the first don't necessarily get down because there might be uh, circumstances that are leading to these bunches whether it's wind blowing out or park factors or somebody opened the roof or you know did something to you know there's a wind uh, the, the, the temperature is high whatever it is that that held the help the other team's ball carry it's going to also work for you. Yeah. So right. don't think like, oh, shit, they just hit three home runs. Well, maybe ours are going to start going out of the park based on park factors. Right. Yeah, don't get down if, if after a big inning is what I'm saying. Don't get down after a big inning. Get down after two big, big innings or maybe yes. three big innings if you haven't done anything in the meantime. Um, but that was something I was real, realizing. And I think it kind of... It, it, and I, I know I do this sometimes, take it to other sports, but I feel like that's kind of the way it is in some other sports too. Like, you can be down so much and thinking, there's no way they can come back. Well, the, yes, there is, because you came back, so why can't they come back? Think well, do you want it. to talk about the UCLA game we went to? Um, yeah. Where they were down 17 points and came back within three um, now, I know football is a much different sport, but um, 
the, one of the reasons why UCLA was able to come back is because Oregon let them back into it. Yeah. Um, do. Does that happen in baseball? Yeah, it does. Do they totally play like does. a they play like a soft defense to just to try and force you to run the ball or take take yardage through the middle to run out the like clock? Like a prevent, kind of like yeah, a, like a, a prevent. prevent. I'm sure baseball has its version of a prevent, you know. I mean, like, sometimes, you know, they won't put in the closer if they're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. we're so far ahead, let's save him for later. Right. But then now he's not getting his normal work in, and, you know, they get a couple runs off the other guy. Yeah. I think, I think the, that's their version of the prevent. Right. Okay, so. Bunches. So we're going to um, take a quick break. We're going to bring in some of our correspondents and see if anybody else wants to weigh in on this series. All right, stay with us. Hello. Kevin. Sorry for the delay there. I was trying to put gardening tools away. (laughs) Typical story. Um, So my first question is, was it too wet to be playing baseball last night? Nah. No? I don't think it was ever really raining. Uh, well, the, the, the only thing I agree with Joe Buck on was he said, if you're in the broadcast booth, it's yeah. misting. <laughs> if you're in the stands, it's raining. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was actually one of my talking points from last night. Um, I've got a few talking points. Oh, you go ahead. I'll just I'll just fill in. I I, I missed part of the game last night, but um, talking point but I, one, talking point number one: home team wear home whites. Don't wear a dark colored top and white pants. It looks stupid. Thank you. Hello, Red Sox. Number two: John Smoltz wasn't so bad. Uh, he was actually teaching some baseball. Some actually explaining some things. Um, uh, he's never going to be Tim McCarver in terms of his folksy explanations. But, um, you know, I started to, I started to, you know, vibe a little bit with what Smoltz was saying. And uh, yes, he criticizes baseball a lot, but, you know, maybe he's right to criticize baseball a lot. Maybe he's been thinking about these problems in the game longer than we have. So uh, I'm going to cut him a little slack for the rest of the postseason. I still don't love him. I don't like his takes. He never makes me laugh. Um, so, you know, I guess that's why they have all those clowns um, before and after the game. Um, and I, I say clowns in, in an endearing way. Um, you know, I love A-Rod and Big Poppy before and after. It's a fun post game. Um, it's not as insightful as Pedro and Jimmy Rollins and Grandy, but uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's a party, you know, uh, B- big poppy shooting the money around. But anyway, I've gotten off track. What I meant to say is Smoltz wasn't as bad last night as I've found him to be throughout the playoffs. And that's the end of that take. Is that the end of your list? No, that was oh. the end of that bullet point. Oh, okay. All right. Was... I'm giving you a chance to respond. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was like, a, I mean, bullets in that oh you're right because i was rattling these off okay let me just get through the rest yeah um luis garcia very exciting pitcher he took a tough loss but great game um anderson as we talked about over text the way he comes down on that left leg where he almost hyper extends it is terrifying 
Yeah, um, but amazing at the same time. Especially like you were saying in a wet field, a wet mound, like it feels like he's just going to like hyperextend that yeah. left knee or ankle or something. So yeah, loved um loved Ian Anderson. Uh, great game. We can talk a bit in a sec about whether they should have taken him out. Uh, Lance McCullers, his sideline interview was um, an absolute delight. And I think they even commentated. They're like, hey, you know, are you coming for our jobs or something? He was so smooth, so pro. I mean, McCullers, man, he could be the ba- he could be the Tony Romo of baseball. Like, just be- become a commentator like the same year you retire. Um, he's got a future in broadcasting. And then finally, um, if you're a bald man and you're leaning back on a leather couch, it's best to wear a hat because you will stick to the couch. I thought it was so someone didn't think it was something else sticking up over the couch. <laughs> All right, Kev. So that's my list. What do you that's got? That's it? That's my takes. That's my takeaways. From All right. Night. I drank three Jamesons on the rocks while I sat there on my dad's couch watching all nine innings. It was an absolute delight. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I had to leave. I, I missed, uh, I had to go out to dinner and was watching the game through the doorway into the restaurant above the bar. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there, right? You're trying yeah. to follow the game on your phone. I, I saw the double though. Somehow I saw it through the thing going down the line. Right. Something happened. There was a runner. You could use the phone to double check it. Well, you're used to watching the game through some sort of knot hole. <laughs> or standing next to a knot hole. Um, knot hole. <laughs> new word of the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a couple things. Pitching, right? Great pitching. Now, but, but I'm going back to my number one point. Is it too wet to play? Yeah. And... Um, is the pitching was the pitching that good last night, or did the wet help the pitching? How does wet help pitching? Spitball. Every ball's a spitball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it wasn't like these ball balls were like breaking like like crazy like weird weird breaks. Like yeah, no. both pitchers had their stuff going, but yeah, it's just hard to hit in in the rain too, right? I mean, you got water coming in your eyes. Yeah, that's um, hard to field not, too, though. Yeah, no. In fact, in fact, that the one, the first hit, there was a second hit later, um, but that first hit was was catchable. It was kind of funny how it just kind of it yeah. hung in the air forever. Well, Bregman, Bregman almost got to that double down the line. He got a yeah. glove on it. Yeah, I say with a dry infield, that's slowed up enough for him to actually make that play. Yeah, or if he had longer arms. Which, ah. which we know he doesn't. <laughs> um. Come on! <laughs> but um, <laughs> he's cheating when he, his height on his thing, on his baseball card. It's cheating on that. He's about six feet tall. Yeah, he's um, cheating. He's cheating. But... Um, that, and now let's just talk, let's just talk about that ballpark. Now I saw some really great uh, camera angles that yeah. I had had not seen, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because, and a lot of them had to do with the pitcher. When they had that shot of the pitcher, and you could see right field in the background, that was an unusual shot. Mm-hmm. And are were they using that because they got that Seattle camera going yeah. there? Yeah. Are they using that to get I into would some think weird maybe. position? Yeah, you know? maybe they swivel that around and they yeah. get that pitcher to right field shot uh, which which to me was amazing because you really got to see some some really cool details of 
of the pitcher and how they did their little approach right or just even that backdrop i mean that the brick wall and everything it just looked really cool it looked yeah. very looked very old like an it's old it's like ballpark. if it's like if you went to the game and you had really good seats yeah but you also had a zoom lens for an eye you had binoculars yeah exactly so and, uh, yeah no it was which i used to bring binoculars to the game <laughs> back in the day nothing shocks me nothing when i was up me. when i was up in the upper deck reserve well yeah binoculars yeah so you could see what uh, what ships were coming in in the bay, or yeah. when when it was before that candlestick, you could see who was turning the seats into fu out in center field, um, <laughs> the empty seats. Um, it took security a long time to get out there. They usually get all the letters, all the seats turned. Um, That's funny. So yeah, I, I that was interesting. That that thing. There were some good angles. There was a camera in the bullpen that was a really great angle, and the bullpen mound was weird. Like, it, did you notice that? There was, uh-uh. It was like it was like just just like this manure mound uh, for both pitchers to stand on. It was just this dirt like section that kind of was a hill. For, but there was no, you know, there was no delineation between the two. It was just, yeah. it was weird. Like, I, you know, I spent a lot of time in the bullpen this year because of the the four one five. Yeah, um, you know, looking at that stuff, and I was like, wow, what's what's going on there? Um, so yeah, lots of little interesting things. Um, that that tweet you sent out to us was pretty hilarious. The one with Which the guys. One? The one, the guy's going through the dugout of the Astros after the game, looking at the food. Oh, yeah, Cespedes Barbecue. Yeah, that was a little, it was, it was kind of funny, but also a little weird. So, yeah, I love those guys. They're, yeah. they're kind of one of my role models for, um, for podcasting and just covering baseball in general. Um, yeah, they, they, they definitely bring us an interesting approach. If, if no one's seen it, basically, they were looking at the rappers and they were, looking at what you know was leftover food there was some yeah watermelon left behind in little containers and um because it is it is kind of like you know they're they're, it's something that no one else is covering exactly 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 yeah it's Um, uh and it's part of the game i mean yeah um, because stuff that um you know people always wish they they knew but yeah but anyway yeah jake and jordan from cespedes barbecue are a couple of my role models for sure for like covering the wacky side of baseball and, i mean and, they've been at this a lot longer than we have they're professionals we're still amateurs but well i've been at this a long time i just haven't been recording it um <laughs> i didn't so, say how long we've been at it i just said yeah, you know they're they're making they're a living. they're in right. the press they got press pr- credentials now now but here's the main part that they didn't discuss about that dugout that i want to bring up here the gum. The reason, the, no, the reason why all these wrappings and other things were all, all over the place in the dugout is the Astros are not allowed to have a garbage can in their dugout. <laughs> That's funny. It's, good it's, one. it's it's banned. There's a sign that says no, no can. That's no funny. garbage can for the Astros. Yeah, I think so, I've actually gotten to uh, a point of forgiveness on the Astros. Um, you know, I'm just. I, I'm done. I'm done booing. So I feel like now everybody else needs to be done booing. Like, uh, I don't know if it's kind of like doing this podcast and just wanting to see good baseball and like wanting to see the two best teams contend. And uh, maybe this is part of like turning a corner as someone who quote unquote covers baseball. And I'm not, 
I'm not pretentious enough to say I actually am doing that because I'm just a guy on his couch podcasting about baseball. But I feel like this is an important corner for me to turn. And I know a lot of sports broadcasters who grew up baseball fans say, I used to support the Dodgers. Now I support no one uh, because I can't because I'm covering the game. And I don't think I'll ever get to that point in terms of like, I don't root for a team. I'm a baseball journalist. Like, no, I'm a baseball fan first. And I'll always root for the Padres. I'll always, you know, I'll always uh, have my teams. Hold on. Let me get the list out. <laughs> the Denny's menu. The, the, how many teams do you root for? Let's see. Yeah. The okay. Pirates on there. You rooted. No, pirates are gone. No, no. Uh, you rooted for them for two weeks in, in 2014. No, I, I rooted for the pirates the whole time McCutcheon was there because oh. he was my guy. Oh. Um, and I've rooted for him everywhere he's been since, just because no. he's so cool. The, um, the teams of the team, the list of teams that you haven't rooted for is shorter. <laughs> I've never rooted for the Texas Rangers. I've never rooted for the Mariners until this year a little bit when I kind of, I got into the Mariners. I wanted them to make a run. Um, Yeah. I just, I go for the feel good story. Well, you get around, you go places and you feel, you feel, you're very much a, um, a, what's the word? Chameleon when you get to these places, right? Like you put on the hat. Yeah. I buy the hat. I get on board. I mean, I even got on the Red Sox bandwagon this year because, first of all, I had to. But second of all, I was enjoying it. Yeah. No, you, 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 you called it out exactly how you felt about these players, which is great because you give, bring a perspective of if I was a fan of this team, which sometimes you become, um, <laughs> you can see why people like these guys. Because the great thing about baseball is you follow a team throughout the year and in these stories build, you know, yeah. games lead to one thing. Oh my God, that guy did this. And sometimes it can be really small things, you know, and, uh, but, but by the end of the year, it's like, you got a novel on that player and because you are watching those games or listening to those games the most. Yeah. So um, now I do, I, and I've spoken this before I, the time you showed up at the game with the national league umpire hat, that was a little weird, but, <laughs> but, and then when you call and the, the guy gave you a salute too, which was, I know awesome. the umpire know saw who, me with an umpire hat and he yeah. actually shouted me out and I was like, Hey, Thank you. Because there was only 500 of us there. I but, know. But um, but that was that was amazing. And that, and and that's what I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm saying that as a compliment, right? Thank you. Uh, that I, I I appreciate your your ability because you also the other great thing is as I just lay on some more compliments for you, um, is you know you appreciate the logos, you appreciate the looks, the right. things of the the hat, the hat itself, right? which is cool, right? Like, I wish you were behind the City Connect uh, uniforms. Because yeah, I could have helped They would have been teams. awesome, right? But no, they got, they got the guy from Spain or something who's like, I've never seen the game in my life, but I love this color. And, you know, and then we were off and running. So it Well, was like- okay. In terms of City Connects, I'll give... Um, I'll give the... Florida. Miami. I'll give Miami a a huge thumbs up for their reference to the Havana sugar Kings. Um, I'll give Boston a pass because people really took to their UCLA Bruins hats. I bought one of those. Um, I thought the white Sox um, South side was a little played it a little safe, but was cool. Uh, And I thought all the rest of them sucked. Um, I thought um, the giants one was an absolute clown show. The Dodgers one, like you said, looks like, 
um, some sort of uh, janitorial uniform. Yeah, it was an homage to the guy from Three's Company, uh, <laughs> Mr. Roper. Mr. No, Mr. Mr. Furley. Mr. Furley. Yeah, the jumpsuit. Uh, I thought that yeah, the the Cubs Wrigleyville ones look like bad footy pajamas. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks oh. The Diamondbacks. I like the jerseys, but I thought they should have also changed the hat. The hat just changed colors. They didn't actually change the logo, right. which I think was a miss. So uh, I give them like a, a 0.5 uh, percentage. Uh, you know, it seemed like I went to a lot of games where the Giants were wearing that that uniform. And it was uh, it was I, I think they kind of liked it in a weird way. I mean, they only I think they only lost one time wearing that uniform. Yeah, no, it was and, great. And they, lo- they look good in those. It was kind of, no, but it was kind of like this weird it was. They embraced it in a weird kind of way. And it was like, yeah, um, they really did look like they were selling ice cream or something. It was it was really bizarre. Like they should be working at a mall, you know, like yeah, they had a orange sherbet yeah. kind of yeah. Yeah, creamsicle thing going. So anyway, it, it 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 added something for people. I think I think MLB used it as a distraction so people could just boo that. You know, it's like, ah. well, it's the like, Astros weren't given one. So they <laughs> right. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. Anyway, speaking of the yeah. Astros, um, yeah. let's just do, um, let's talk a little bit about tonight's game. We got Granky going against Lee for the Braves. Lee's going to be the opener for the Braves. I think tonight's going to pretty much be all about uh, Zach Granky. It could potentially be his last Ooh. professional start. It will yeah. certainly be his last professional at bat. Um, we know he likes to hit. We know he's sitting on nine career home runs. He's going to be swinging for the fences no matter what the score is. And even if there's men on first and second, he's not going to be bunting. He's going to be looking for that 10th uh, home run to push him into double digits. What are you looking for uh, tonight? What are you looking to see tonight's game? You know, it's so it's officially a bullpen game for the Braves. Braves. Right? And they've got Dylan Lee going which, um, you know, he's not going to last too long. Uh, so it, it, it will be interesting. Um, I think, I, I agree. I think Zach Greinke, you know, he could be hit and miss. Uh, oh, yeah. He's had a terrible year. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's his chance. But they used him in that Red Sox game. He didn't, they didn't keep him around too long. Um, also with the pitcher hitting. Although they they ha- Granky is actually a good batter, so um, so he, they actually have him, I think, hitting eighth in this game. Granky, yeah, Maldonado's hitting ninth. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So that, I know that... teams have flirted with the uh, whole thing of pit- hitting the pitcher eighth and uh, to limited success. I know Joe, Joe Madden did it with the Cubs once in a while, but uh, what do they really think Zach Granky is that great a hitter? Or they just want to clear the pitcher spot early, maybe for Granky's second no, at bat. Granky's a really good hitter. I think I know, he, but I mean he can't be better than a position player. Maldonado's not that good of a hitter. No, he's been like hitting point oh eight eight or something like that. Yeah, and that but that was during the year he wasn't much of a hitter either. So yeah. um in fact I'm trying to remember the game I saw him. It would have been with the games you saw, there was no DH in those games, but um, I still think he hit eighth <laughs> those games. Granky wasn't playing. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I, I just I want to see what my takeaway is. 
will the Astros hitting show up tonight? Because it didn't last night. No. And granted, you know, Anderson was pitching a marvelous game. I mean, he just, yeah. he just, uh, he just, it, it was, you know, the guy's 23 years old. Um, and I do think the weather plays into it, but, you know, the pitchers have to deal with it as well. Uh, but I, I just, I just think that the the Astros were kind of caught off as cold. It was wet. Um, the Astros had never played in this ballpark. Um, they yeah, were, they is, that, were, is that true? That's true, isn't it? They were saying that the the Astros had never, well, these Astros have never yeah. played in this ballpark, um, and they didn't even get to take infield because the cover was on the whole right. time. So, right. Like they had no idea how that infield was going to play, especially in those wet conditions. So they were at a little bit of a disadvantage last night. They'll probably even the score tonight. I think the fact that they actually have a starting pitcher, um, regardless of like the form that he's in, they have a starting pitcher ready to go where the Braves do not. Mm -hmm. So I I feel like advantage Astros tonight and they should even up the series. It will be interesting. Um, that's interesting too that you mentioned that because did did who played in the Astros ballpark last year in the NL playoffs? Didn't didn't someone play in the Astros ballpark? Yeah, uh, um, it was. Was it San Diego, LA? It was no, because that was in Arlington. Oh, it was the other Braves. It was the Braves the, and the. Oh, the Braves played. Yeah, who was uh. Well, yeah, whoever the Braves beat to get to the AL or the NLDS. Right, right. So the Braves um, actually played playoff games in uh, in the Orange Drink Park before. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Not even against the Astros. And a lot of these guys have been in the American League. You know, Rosario right. has been in the American League, so he's he's played in Minute Maid for sure. And so anyway, just to focus on tonight's game, but last night's game, I think, you know, there were a lot of things that play into tonight's game because of pulling Anderson in the fifth inning after five, meaning you have to use your bullpen, which was stellar. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think, I think this game with the bullpen game for the Braves, um, Granky in the mound, there's got to be more runs, right? It's definitely going to be more runs. Yeah. and, you know, which if there's if there's more scoring, I think that leads to the Astros doing a better, having a better mm-hmm. chance of winning. I, I, I do think the Astros will bounce back and win this game. Yeah. Somehow. And because um, I forget, did I say they were in Astros in seven or six? I think I said seven, but you said Astros in seven. Yeah. Okay. I said Astros in six. Astros in six. Right. So I think I think that's it. I think the Astros take one of these games. I think then the Braves come back and win um, game five, and then then you're off to the you know the races. You're like whatever happens in Houston happens in Houston. So um, so that that's kind of my. Uh, my prediction here, I, I don't think the, um, you know, the Braves also didn't really hit that much last night. Um, they, they were able to get what they needed to get. Uh, they did get six hits. Um, Darno hit the home run though late, which was actually yeah. key, key because it took a lot of pressure 
off of Will Smith. Yes, right? Because then exactly. he had a little bit more room to wiggle. He can give up a solo homer and not blow the save. Yeah. And then, uh, so, yeah, it just kind of all, um, it all made sense. Uh, and I, I thought it was a riveting baseball game of what I saw. I got back in, the, like, the sixth inning uh, and, watched, you know, I saw the first two and then the sixth. And it was great baseball. Lots of things that had to happen. Uh, Bregman, even in the ninth, gets on by, I don't, you know, the shift. Hello, shift. Um, shifty shift. Not sure. If that, that was pretty cool. Like, when Bregman got hit by the pitch and then he, like, went to first and was clowning around with Freddie Freeman and, like, this guy's got to be in considerable amount of pain. Yeah. And he's, like, you know still trying to like you know he's not being a prick about it well least. freddie freeman has that ability yeah like, he's like, he can disarming you he's yeah. like the ambassador at first base no matter who goes down there he's like hey how's it going hugging i mean how many times did he hug pools i mean he's hugging everybody Let's yeah he's just he's just like you know he's having time of his life and uh uh so you know and that's good i mean that's good for baseball and it's good uh the other thing i thought that was really cool in the game last night was they put in the uh, the pinch runner Siri, remember, after the – Yeah. Which was kind of a weird thing because they didn't do it on the first pitch. They waited a pitch or something. Then there was like a delay and then – Oh, yeah, that was weird. Why would there was like that? a t- – yeah, and the Braves fans were getting a little antsy. I'm not sure why that happened. And then he goes out there and and I don't know if you noticed that they used that camera angle shot again behind the Astros dugout on third base. Right. And so the camera's moving down. They're just, you know, we're doing this cut. But what I saw was cool that all when Siri, when they put Siri out there, all the Astros came up yeah. to the top step to watch. See what it was <laughs> like, going to do. See what was going to happen. Because sure enough, stuff happened. I mean, he runs, the ball is, is donked into the dirt, which Swansby has to, should do everything he can just to block that ball, which he didn't, I felt. Um, you know, body-wise, you know, he himself should turn into a catcher on that play. Um, Siri gets the third, and Siri wanted to keep going. You saw that? He was yeah. like ready to roll. He was yeah, like, well, that's what you so, want. You want that kind yeah. of aggressiveness yeah. on the bases. Yeah, so he uh, it was uh, oh, it was just it was just a lot of uh, a lot of little magic, you know, yeah, little, yeah. little things that everything could be something, you know, so yeah. that's when you have a close game. It, it um, it's true. I uh, I really appreciated that I ha- I had Friday night to just sit on the couch, drink a whiskey on the rocks, put on my dad's mega TV, uh, just soak it all in. Just, yeah. You know the sights and sounds. Uh, it was like it was a delight, and the game went by super fast, mostly because I was fast forwarding the commercials, which is also right because like, you caught. Yeah, you caught up. Yeah, because I started the game about a half hour late. So by the time I finished, it was exactly caught up. So. Yeah, th- it was the game was, I'm just looking at it here so I don't sound like I'm a complete nerd. It was three hours and 24 minutes. So, well, it's uh, not the shortest game I've ever no, seen, but, but it's within a reasonable. Playoffs because, for sure. Because every, every pitch, you know, is like Kenley Jansen has come in. And, and every commercial break is a little bit longer. It is, yeah, they stretch those. I think they get two minutes versus the minute and a half. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, uh, I just, I just think it was a great game. And, 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 oh, the guy that came in that, you know, nothing happened. And that's why we're going to talk about Lou Jackson, right? Like 
he comes in and people are like, oh, you really want to put him in there with a one-run lead? <laughs> right. He had, he had his troubles against the Dodgers, remember? Uh, right. And I think even earlier against the Astros. Luke uh, Jackson. Oh, Luke Jackson. Sorry, not Lou. Yeah, Luke Jackson. I and was like, who is he talking about? Oh, Lou. It's Luke. Oh, sweet Lou. <laughs> sweet Lou. Luke. Lou Luke. Um, anyway, so he... Uh, he came in and he did his job and it was good to see because that's something you can build upon, but also it was immediate because they had a run, one run lead and everyone in the stands, you know what everyone in the stands was thinking, ah, Jackson, no, oh, come on. Do we need him in this game? Why didn't you leave Anderson in longer? Right. But right, 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 they, right. But they did it. They did it. Anderson, Minter, Jackson, Matzik, Smith. So now all those guys pitch today. They can use them tonight. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. But they believe me, they needed to get a couple more innings out of Anderson if they could have, because yeah. a lot of those bullpen guys are throwing tonight and tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. Kind of, I think it actually helps the Braves if the Astros get an early lead, and then the Braves can sort of use their garbage guys and sort of punt this game and go for tomorrow. Could be. I mean, but but every I think. I think his strategy, I, I like his strategy. If you've got a lead, right, um, don't fool around. Right. Do, no, I know, agree with that. You know, nail it. Nail it down. Don't bring in someone and go, well, we'll bring him in and see what No, just bring the other guy in who for you sure. know is going to get it. And if the job. Braves do have a three or four run lead tonight, you know they're going Luke Jackson. They're going Matt Sick. They're going Will Smith if they get to the ninth inning with a lead. But then that kind of rules all of those guys out for tomorrow night. So tomorrow night, uh, if they want to close it out at home, um, they're going to have to just score a ton of runs because Lord knows who they're going to have left to pitch for them. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah it's, all, it's all good stuff. I mean, the, the great thing is these two teams are kind of evenly matched. Um, they're both kind of off the radar in terms of teams that – were projected to be in the world series a little bit. Um, and you know, they're, they're a little bit outside the normal market, which in a way it just gives you a chance to be like, Hey, you know what? Let's focus on the game. Let's not focus on all this other raspberry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you have a game like last night, which was a game you could focus on and like really sink your teeth into, like you said, um, you know, you experienced it's there's nothing better than that. I, I'm I'm a full believer in that. So. Yeah, I I fully highly recommend to any of our listeners. You know, there's only there's a maximum of four World Series games left, four gate four baseball games left in Major League Baseball this season. Like, just consume as much of them as you can, because uh, even if those teams that aren't in it aren't your team, like they're going to be good games. They're going to be close games. And it's for all the marbles. And then you could be like, oh, yeah, 2021 is a great World Series. Fucking hey. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it was a battle to the death from, you know, the team with all the former cheaters to the team with the racist fans doing, uh, you know, the tomahawk chop. Like, you know, you could say you were there. Yeah, it's just, it's just if, if the game becomes, you know, strategy, then it's great. And you've got these two older managers who've been around the game forever. They've seen it all. You know, so uh, lots, lots of really good, good stuff going on in these games. So, um, 
It's all, all very good. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward for tonight's game. I, I, I have some things I have to do later, so I'll miss like probably the back end. But oh well, we're gonna miss the front end. All right, um, go. we're going out to dinner with our dad, so we're gonna we're gonna tape it again. Uh, we're gonna DVR it, and we're gonna probably start it about an hour late. So we will be fast forwarding. So I'll have my phone on do not disturb. So that yeah, I'll... and same here. We'll, we'll just follow up later. I'll probably I'll probably go, you know like cut off where I or cut off, and then when I get back home late tonight. Yeah, like, one of us needs to send a text to like. Are you done? And the other right. one is like, Game I'm in the over? eighth inning. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, okay. have, a, have a good World Series, and we'll talk tomorrow. All righty. Okay, Bye, buddy. Everyone. Good one. Bye.